Welcome to Hello Player, a show for curious people who want an honest look at making a video game. I'm your host, Ava Carr, and in this episode, Charles and I will chat about how a small experiment with eye tracking grew into an industry-leading, groundbreaking set of accessibility features in HyperDot. We also have a few pals who are joining us today on the show, and uh, with that, let's get started. Pals! Hello. Hi. <laughs> this is the part where we introduce ourselves. Uh, I'm Holly. I am the marketing manager at Glitch. Um, and I'm Cherry. I am an accessibility specialist in the industry. And both of you have been such huge and critical players in like the story of accessibility and how this all kind of got started. Um, Charles, something that we have talked about in the past and you say all the time which i it still blows my mind sure um (laughs) you have said you didn't build this game for accessibility oh no and it was never a feature no that would that was like again i started this game off as a uh student project that i only had four days to make so i had no intent on like oh yes i need to make sure that this is fully uh compatible with everything i was this was gonna just be a one-off thing that i showed once and then that was it uh, and then even if we wanted to extend that to be, oh, this will be the uh, summer project, I wasn't planning on putting, like, su- going super full-featured, uh, especially even in just the game itself. Um, so, yeah, that was that was not my original intent. But uh, because of the design philosophies and things, uh, the game lent itself pretty well to uh, that because, like, uh, it's minimalist nature. and Honestly, like... What did you all think about it when you first saw it? Like, especially Cherry, what did you think, you know, when you first saw HyperDot? Hearing Charles say that kind of blew my mind because, like, I had no idea. I think, um, was it you, Ava, brought me to the booth first? And so we looked at it and played. And then I spoke with Charles and I was just like, damn, like, this is so polished. Like, that was the... Because normally when you hear that about like game jams or student projects, um, they can be impressive games, but they're usually not at all polished. And this, when I saw the game for the first time, even the demo was just felt so ready, which it usually doesn't go hand in hand. Thank and you. Thank you so much. Um, I was kind of, yeah, I was kind of blown away by naturally how Charles had just got it because normally I have to like give a big talk to, for people to get accessibility. <laughs> so it was really impressive. <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> I I remember um, when I first saw and was playing the game, I knew I, I could see those design pillars that Charles talked about, the minimalism, the flexibility, but it wasn't until someone actually led me to, and it works with all of these controllers that my like spine straightened up and I was like, oh, really? That sounds, <laughs> that sounds like accessibility to me. Um, yes. Yeah, so- I was really skeptical. I'm just going to say, yeah. like, when, when you all told me that, I was like, we'll see. Because I was actually really nervous reaching out to you um, because, you know, like uh, Nicholas is our researcher in-house. Um, but he was really focused a lot more on, you know, like remote user testing and a bunch of other things. But accessibility was never really, you know, something that we had talked about a ton in-house. And so I was like, oh, God, Cherry's an accessibility specialist. I'm scared. <laughs> we should You're reach scared. Out anyway. <laughs> For goodness sake, what do you think I felt? Yeah, and the first, oh, my like, God, am I scary? <laughs> no, you're not. 
not. You're lovely. <laughs> I don't know. You wrote that pretty spicy Sekiro piece, but you did. That was a very pe- like very spicy. Piece. That was, was that was my spicy. spice turned down. Like, it was. <laughs> I know. I like I like off mic off Twitter cherry. I feel like I'm like secretly texting people your hot takes. Like listen, what cherry thinks is bad. <laughs> <laughs> Originally designing the research before we took this turn, it was kind of it was testing what accessibility and what flexible features were already there rather than a broader test for what barriers people might be facing with the game broadly. Um, so yeah, it was it was a big jump from being like, let's see how eye tracking works to let's talk to an accessibility specialist about HyperDot. Yeah. And Charles, what were you actually like, des- since accessibility wasn't what you were designing for, what were you designing for? Sure. Um, <laughs> like, what did you see um, when you were designing for this game? Yeah. Um, so, like, I did have uh, some. Well, okay. When I all right, we're, we're backing it up. We're, we're going all backing it back. up. We're backing it up. Back when you're right. nine. Backing when I was up. nine, <laughs> no, I saw this idea this. <laughs> of hyperdot. No, uh, and it was no. called hyperdot all the time. Um, so, uh, when I was originally making the game, I did want or I did have uh, some accessibility things in mind largely because i read uh an article or i didn't read an article i went to the able gamers uh website that has like a list of Mm -hmm. things Mm -hmm. that are like minimal things and i read that years ago and i was like oh i these are easy things to accomplish uh just just keep these things in mind um so that has been something that i've uh uh, had in in the back of my mind for all games that I've been working on, but it wasn't it wasn't like a focus or or anything, uh, and it wasn't until I added in eye tracking, uh, where um, where oh yeah that accessibility is actually a thing that I could uh, pursue because uh, especially when um, people like encourage me to explore that because I wasn't exploring that uh, all that much, uh, I was just saying like oh well all the enemies are. Uh, uh, specific shapes and I want to make sure that or so it's easier to identify them um and then I want to make sure that uh it like colors weren't super hard to see that was mm-hmm. really the extent of my accessibility uh research before eye tracking um and then I added in eye tracking because of uh, a friend of mine Lane Davis who I work on a, a another game on um uh but like he was like oh you know it would be really funny if you added in eye tracking and then we're like, oh, that's actually a pretty good idea. Um, uh, so then, like, yeah, three hours later, uh, because it's there, like, they're, the Toby eye tracking setup stuff is actually really easy to uh, implement. Uh, I was playing HyperDot with eye tracking. I was like, oh, this is a lot of fun and really weird because you're doing the opposite. And so different. Yeah, you're doing the opposite of what you normally do, which is you don't want to look at the shapes. Uh, but like when you're playing the game, you're looking at the shapes because you're like, oh, that's a square. I should run away from that. Uh, yeah, I remember when I first tried eye tracking, I was just like, ah, I'm so <laughs> terrified because, you know, you're supposed to look at all of the shapes that are coming at you. But this was all about trying to find negative space. So it completely and entirely changed the way of play for me, yeah. which was actually super interesting that a, a different controller um, and a different input could drastically changed the way that I interacted with your game. Yeah, and that's what the original intent was, was like, oh, this is a novel experience. 
Uh, so I'll be like, yeah, I'll just include that uh, because one, I am also I'm just interested in supporting a whole, a whole bunch of stuff. So I'm in, uh, interested in supporting a bunch of controllers and things like that just naturally because that's who I am. So many controllers. So many controllers. That was like the first one that I had ever tried. And then the second one you like rolled over from your desk and you were like, it works with stylus. Oh, yeah. And I was like, uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, this might be because like I'm a diehard uh, Vita lover and I'm a like a diehard Windows phone person. So I love supporting rip. the rip. Uh, I love supporting those uh, odd, well, not odd. They're not odd. Vita, Vita is not odd. Um, <laughs> but I love supporting, um, like, fully trying to feature all of the different, uh, like, features that different platforms may use uh, and things like that. So, like, uh, even with eye tracking, later on, this was not initial, but later on, it supports things that uh, a lot of other uh, games that support eye tracking have. So there's this thing called clean UI, where Mm -hmm. if you don't look at the UI, the UI fades out um, so that the whole screen is uh, clean and you're not focusing on those, those UI elements. There's only one UI element that you have to focus on, but you know, I still wanted to put it in there just to uh, to be like, oh, yeah, I want to make sure that I am actually doing my due diligence in terms of that ecosystem. Uh, in stuff. terms of controllers, did you end up going from uh, like eye tracking to stylus or what what else was there? <laughs> um, there <laughs> yeah, I mean, there was a lot. Uh, I think it was from eye tracking to touch and oh, then yeah, yeah, yeah. it was stylus. Where is tilt? Uh, tilt. Oh no, yeah, I think tilt might have been before stylus. <laughs> really important to the timeline. Yes. <laughs> uh, if but only yeah. there was documentation. If only there was. A, you know, I probably have it somewhere, but I don't. I don't want to dig it up. Not not now. But um, but uh, yeah. So then yeah, it was. Uh, it wasn't until uh, people like one people were like, oh hey, this is actually pretty good for accessibility. Uh, reasons and then me actually who were those people uh i know that it was uh the glitch team that was also okay i wasn't sure if there were other folks that had ever like talked to you about that because i didn't i didn't actually recognize it and still until like i was sitting there at my computer drafting up you know a a presentation (laughs) for one of our partners and i was just like yeah i suppose that makes sense i just i had never thought about it in that way in terms of accessibility until i was writing it down and since you had never talked to me about it that way i was like cool lots of controllers oh yeah Um, (laughs) (laughs) yeah and uh it was like i heard it more at like uh well that day that i uh implemented this uh we had a playtest a local playtest event Mm -hmm. um so I heard that a couple of times uh, that night where I was like, hey, this could oh, be okay. useful for accessibility. And I was like, oh, cool. Uh, but I kind of, uh, it didn't really like sink in that, oh, this is actually a thing that I could be pursuing uh, like much deeper um, until, yeah, until like uh, the glitch team and uh, like future things happened versus that day. Because, uh, uh, yeah, I was just totally like, oh, yeah, this is a novel experience. Um and that was gonna be it, but the like after after getting encouragement from all these other people and uh, everybody at Glitch and and uh, partners and things like that, we were like, oh, this is actually a a thing that we kind of stumbled in of like, oh yeah, there's accessibility in terms of uh, like being able to support all of these different controllers and having uh, the game react and be flexible 
uh, like one of my pillars being flexibility is like, oh, yeah, that's that is something that is super useful, uh, not just in terms of uh, the game design itself, but for everyone playing. And like our biggest like, you know, our biggest partner for this with Xbox was like, yeah, that actually seamlessly integrates very well with the adaptive controller. So that's that's how this at least got all started. And and it was never for me, it was never intentional. And it, it was clear that for you, it wasn't either. But it was just through some feedback and listening to people be like, yeah, this is a thing. Yeah. No, yeah. <laughs> um so that was I thought that was really cool. Um and that led to a couple of other things like um a, an ongoing partnership where you know, we're working on something with the adaptive controller as well and um it also led to uh, us like frantically messaging um, our pals over at Xbox being like, can we be at E3 in a different episode? And we had talked about how like the HyperDot booth kind of became like the HyperDot Plus adaptive controller. Come try this out with all of these different things. And that's where I think really Cherry and Holly started talking and and getting super involved in all of this. Yeah. Like you said, this spring we tested an installation together with our local Microsoft store, that was this self-guided experience with HyperDot um, using the adaptive controller and the 3D rudder uh, foot controller. And we used that prototype to pitch our friends at Xbox, and they were like, yeah, come on down to E3. So uh, <laughs> Come on <Wow>. down. MVD. <laughs> come yeah. on down. Right. So we had a booth at the Microsoft Theater right in the middle of a bunch of other Xbox titles, some really small, some really big, mostly really big. Yep. And we were one of the only booths that had an adaptive controller. And since we'd kind of centered our ask to be at E3 on that, when we were contacted, um, when we were talking to our partners at Mixer, that's what they wanted to talk to us about at um, at E3 was uh, they wanted to show off HyperDot being played with the adaptive controller, which was great because we'd been thinking about like at about the same time, all these kind of things funnel together. Um, when we're approaching the end of development, Nicholas, Glitch's director of insights, um, I did a few areas where we could do additional usability research, including accessibility. So all of these things were kind of lining up. And when Mixer asked that we showed off um, the adaptive controller um, in a live interview and talked about accessibility, we were like, cool, we're not quite there yet, but we do know someone in our circle who, well, not in our circle yet, someone on the internets that we really admire. <laughs> yes, we, I think, like, <laughs> you and I followed each other, Cherry, and we yeah. chatted for a hot minute at PAX. <laughs> right, yeah, it was, I, yeah. it was another example of Ava being like, I'm going to ask this high-profile person to do something, and me being like, good luck, and then it working out wonderfully. <laughs> um, because Cherry agreed to meet us at E3, um, play the game, play the game and talk about a mixer and then come with us into the little like back room we had for exhibitors and talk about working together on research. Come into our back room. Yeah, I very clearly remember being like, oh, all the seats are taken and then going and sitting on the floor with you. <laughs> because that was all I we could do. That in the corner. Yeah, like, like, no. <laughs> children. It was great. I 
I remember that phone call with Ava. Because um, here's a fun fact: I was super sick at E3. Like uh, it was yeah. the second, my second flu of the year. Mm. And I remember getting the phone call with Ava and just like really liking you on the phone so much. And oh, most people, I wouldn't just like drop everything in the middle of something like E3 and be like, "Sure, I can squeeze you in." Sherry, um, no, you're gonna make me cry. Stop. <laughs> Thank you. She has cry face. But like you called Stop. me and I was like in my hotel room with a fever, and I was like. Yes, let's do this. This sounds so exciting. I was like, but no one touch me. (laughs) My terms are no one touch me. I don't want to make anyone sick. (laughs) Oh, gosh. Well, I'm so thankful that you, like, came out and helped out with all of this. And I think that really led to our future collaboration on, like, this, the whole thing with Hyperdot A11Y, yeah, so I think what happened was at E3 was um, I I came in and we like Holly said we played the game um, and the focus was very much on the controls because that was the thing that was being showcased at the time and the thing everyone was talking about um, and I had a lot of fun with the the thing about the adapter controller is that it's really nice and that in itself is such a flexible piece of hardware that you can plug so much into it that then it kind of like expands the game even more like with the 3D rudder football footboard right yeah so, that you used with your arms <laughs> yep blue arm yeah arms. i was like <laughs> when when you all told me that it worked with that i was like there's this thing i've always wanted to do but i don't have one of these things because uh my legs aren't very strong and so like it's a big a bunch of money to spend on something i potentially couldn't use so i was like can i try this thing with your game and you were like sure that sounds fun <laughs> so i <laughs> tried to it took us a minute to cal- calibrate it i remember um, but then I, yeah, I used it with my arms, which was really fun. It was like physio. It was like, you have to use your whole body to move the dot, which is so immersive. <laughs> um, yeah. So, so for our listeners, Cherry, like folks who are unfamiliar with, um, what a usability specialist is and you and your work, um, could you share a little bit about like what your point of view was when you were coming into like these weirdos who had asked you to show up <laughs> and this game being like, we think it's, we think it's cool for accessibility. I just, I just want all the listeners to understand is like, I don't think you're weirdos. <laughs> like, you're my people. <laughs> I think weirdos. Not, is maybe I'm weird. Statement. I don't know. <laughs> maybe um, yeah, so I came in and I think the fun thing was, was there was like a lot of focus on the controls, which is obviously kind of, it's a really easy step into accessibility and easy step into understanding accessibility and what it means. But then I remember sitting and talking with Charles before I went back with Holly um, about like all the little things, the natural features of the game that I'd noticed and picked up on that I consider accessibility, even if they're not always considered like accessibility first, which is a lot of cognitive things like the kind of signals that where the shapes are coming from, um, the timers, like a lot of the UI um, and the minimalist UI, like all of those things contribute to cognitive accessibility as well as the physical accessibility of the controls. And then I also noticed that like, hey, there's like no colorblind barriers in this game, which is amazing because it's a game built on color and shape. Um, But it really just goes to show that if you build in two axes of receiving information, then you have a redundancy, a really important redundancy there. Um, And so I think that, chat with Holly was all, like I was just so excited because I'm so used to trying to teach developers that accessibility features aren't different to other features they're all the same thing like usability is accessibility and vice versa um, and so really it's about changing our approach to understand that the things that we do naturally for flexible design and usable design 
extend to accessibility, we just have to understand the experience of disabled players a little bit more. And the fun thing was, and the exciting thing for me was like, I didn't have to do that education. <laughs> and so like, that's, that's unusual for me. Um, a lot of my work, I start off with education, um, kind of fundamentals of disability. Mm. Um, I don't want to take up too much time on that, but it's usually like an hour long talk on like how to think about disability, how to think about flexible design and inclusive design from the right frame set, which is in short, basically not trying to fix the disabled person, but trying to improve our designs. Mm -hmm. um, and then I kind of go from there and do a lot of analysis and then collaborative design with designers where uh, we look at the barriers, I educate them on the barriers they have in place. And then we talk about whether they're intentional or not, because sometimes they are, like sometimes that's part of the game's fundamental design, which is fine. Like, I think that's okay if those tend, if those have accessibility problems, but then we talk about like, well, maybe we can mitigate them in some other ways. Um, and then we find solutions because the solutions aren't one size fit all. And I think that's really important to understand for games um, that it games are just so vastly different from each other that everything has to be tailor-made really. Um, and so, yeah, there's a lot of collaboration in there. So yeah, I don't want to, I'm talking for so long, but <laughs> talking with Holly through that, Holly then mentioned this research and I was like, Ooh, <laughs> I've been thinking about this for a long time and like there's these things I really want to try that I've always wanted to try with research but haven't really had the opportunity um, but in my work with AAA I have worked on recruitment and um, guiding kind of a, a ethical approaches to the disabled community mm -hmm. um, and so that's where my ideas for research had come from and it magically kind of aligned with what Holly was relaying on Nicholas's ideas um, and it was all just really exciting. And I, I think we just like frantically talked over each other while eating lunch. <laughs> that sounds remember. Great. And then I was like, what's the hashtag for your cat? Like it was, <laughs> it was business and pleasure. <laughs> yeah, it was, it, it turned out that we were kind of circling complimentary ideas because Nicholas is a big proponent of the idea that of doing research out of the lab, um, letting people participate where they're most comfortable in their homes, um, regardless of mobility. And that really fits well for getting a, big diverse group of disabled players um to the virtual table to so weird how this game. all worked out yeah and <laughs> like even just hearing this again it's like so freaking weird yeah. how it all worked and it is it had been it, had, in... it, it was meant to be that yeah and we'd like i think we'd just incidentally been having meetings about research and about um content for hyperdot like back to back and ava i think was the one who made the connection like why don't we do this research and yes do it in people's homes but have them stream it so that it's like it's public facing and it's a marketing component and that all just click together into what um became hyperdot a11y it's like your yeah, brainchild. Like in between <laughs> between you three, it was like I remember peering through the windows, hearing you all laugh, and I'm like, "There's something magical happening." <laughs> was my back to the window? Did I not notice you creepily peering? Yes, all of you had your backs to the window. Um, I still remember this. <laughs> I don't even remember there being a window. I was so engrossed in the conversation. I don't even remember what the room looked like, other than that we were in the corner on the floor. <laughs> I guess we should cover what we did. Yeah, what did yeah. you all do? A lot. Yeah. And that was the end was of it. it all. <laughs> I think what happened 
from my perspective is that um, I'd already kind of worked on some AAA situations of getting disabled content creators into AAA programs for access, early access to gaming, uh, games that were being released in order for disabled content creators to give their opinions on uh, the accessibility of those games. Because it's so vitally important to the disabled community that they have that information before or like soon after release. And really, I, I have to say, like, unless you have that experience, you get it wrong. And even if you do have that experience, you get it wrong for other people. Like accessibility isn't the same for everyone. So like mm. one person that has physical disabilities can do an accessibility review. And that review may not be um, uh, the right perspective for someone else with physical disabilities. Like it might give them the wrong information. And so the more people we can get doing that, the better. Um, and so that was some things I'd worked on already with Ubisoft and a couple other countries companies I can't talk about because you know NDAs mm-hmm. um, <laughs> and so when Holly was telling me about like um, doing it in people's homes and things like that I was like oh my god this is such a good idea because another thing we'd struggled with in AAA is that um, in AAA everything has to be done in-house because security and blah 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 it used to be that dev kits could go anywhere but mm-hmm. nothing's really done that way anymore uh, because of the prevalence of leaks and so Getting a wide group of disabled people to a studio to do a user test is really difficult, even in big cities, um, because recruiting for those people is hard because not everyone's on the Internet. And, you know, it's a long story. But um, that was as soon as you said marketing campaign. And and then I think, Holly, you mentioned something about like mainstream content creators. And I was like, oh, oh. What about disabled content creators? You were like, yes, yes, we were thinking of that too. And I was like, okay, good. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And then I think after E3, we went home and had a few meetings about how we would approach it and how to make sure we do it uh, sensitively and ethically. And intentionally. Yeah. Yeah. I think that was the beginning. Yeah. um, Since, Cherry, you're very um, plugged in to this community and you'd been doing the work before for triple A's, you hooked me up with this list of people that you thought would be good fits for streaming. And I sent them cold emails that I think almost everyone then turned around and forwarded it to Cherry. They're like, is this, is this person real? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I did get a few of those. They were like, uh, is this legit? They're using your name. Exactly. <laughs> I think the internet is full of so many scammers. Yeah. It was such a shame. I was like, but that's how you know you've made it when people are like, is this real? Is this right. true? To be true. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we were able to more than double that number in signups when we went public and said like, this is what we're looking for. Um, we want people to stream a little bit of HyperDot and um, just tell us what your experience was like. Um, and yeah, it was it, like it, the recruitment went really well. Cherry, you helped us a lot like to make sure that our form questions were um, like broad and ethical and sensitive. And um, so we got demos out to... A bunch of people, I think ultimately it was maybe 15 people could make it work. Um, And then it was just like two, three weeks of really weird hours um, watching all these streams. And it was... But they were so dope. They were so... Yes. Oh my gosh, they were so dope. So amazing. It was... Yeah, it was... They're all so fun. They're all so fascinating. And it was, I think, probably the first time Charles was seeing people stream Piper Dead at all. Yeah. So Uh, how did that feel? Oh, man. I was... (laughs) 
I was really <laughs> nervous about that. Um, what, what made you so nervous? What um, were you nervous about? I mean, I was nervous about multiple things. I was like, I hope it doesn't break. I hope things don't uh, like mess up and stuff. Uh, and then I was also worried, like, oh, what if they aren't able to play the game or like yeah. oh it, that things go wrong and I'm like uh, uh, what do I do then yeah um, I know I was bracing welcome to my world I have that feeling every time a game releases that I've worked on I'm like my name is attached to this. <laughs> you know? yeah. I represent my community <laughs> yeah <laughs> Right. I was bracing and, and I didn't have the technical expertise to even help people. If they did run into any barriers, I would have just been like, sorry, I'll DM Charles. Restart yeah. your computer. Like it, <laughs> I was very afraid and that just didn't happen. Yeah. Uh, which is, yeah, the, that that in itself is just like, oh, things went uh, relatively smoothly um, in terms of like the game didn't crash. People were able to play the game. Um, and then they were able to like the things that we were the goals that we were uh, trying to reach in terms of like oh getting them getting uh, giving feedback and such uh, that was uh, like knock out of the park like it was it was amazing to like finally see my game be streamed uh, and it's not just on my computer like <laughs> it's not just like a, oh yes this is a thing that I have to be physically like next to you in order for this to uh, exist. <laughs> Um, but, uh, but yeah, the, for the, like the first time to, to see a stream happen and then to see it so that, uh, a majority of, uh, everybody having like, uh, no problems, uh, playing the game and such, uh, or even, um, right. uh, there was one thing, uh, and this is one thing that like, uh, of course you, you get like all these positive, uh, like comments and things like that. And then, and then the one negative the one sticks one negative with you. One, you're like, ah, man. Uh, well, no, it was, oh, uh, shoot, I brought up another one. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, uh, it was, uh, a person, oh, I forget their name. Um, but they had low, vis- uh, low vision, low vision. um, and on the dark levels, they couldn't see what was going on, which I mean, yes, that's technically the point, but you're, sh- still uh, supposed to be able to uh, play the game and be right, able to yeah. uh, like navigate and, and whatnot. Uh, yeah. And yeah, yeah I just didn't, thing, I didn't know what to do to fix that. Like ex- even on the spot. I was like, uh. the fun thing was I knew that there were barriers for vision. Like I knew there were big barriers. The barriers that I knew were there weren't as significant as I thought they would be. And people with extremely low vision were able to play way more than I thought they could, which was amazing. Because mm-hmm. I think it really shows the resilience of disabled players and how freaking tough they are. Like, yeah. or we are the, you just keep playing anyway and you just keep trying and actually you're you are damn good at games because of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I knew about the dark levels. I knew some of the things that could have been, could be that we, could be worked on. And I knew all of this, but I didn't say anything to any of the players or Charles because I didn't want to bias anyone. Yeah. <laughs> sure. And so I just like I was just like sitting there like don't type anything in chat. <laughs> just wait. <laughs> just wait till like the write-up yeah right you probably saw me like live typing my like revelations like oh of course like putting your nose up to a screen that has a bright white level is hard on your eyes like yeah and and cherry is just silently in the background like yeah i know (laughs) Uh, actually so a fun fact about that uh i originally so um in hyperdot there is a high contrast mode and uh the original version of high contrast mode i uh implemented it where uh, no matter what the background color for the level was, uh, I turn it to black um, so that everything would be like uh, it would be really easy and obvious to say, oh, this is where shapes are and this is where uh, 
where your player is and stuff. Uh, I showed it off at a, another local uh, play test, um, and somebody um, who also had low vision uh, was playing and was like, this is really hard for me to see. It would be nice if it was a white background. Yeah, I remember uh, that. Yeah, so I was like, oh, oh, okay. So then I was like, okay, then I'll switch it over to, to <laughs> be a white background. Mm-hmm. Um, and then throughout the entire campaign of uh, Hyper A11Y, Everyone was like, oh, this would be nice if this was a dark background. Yeah. I was like, oh. <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> oh, of course. No, That's accessibility are. in a nutshell, though. Like, you can't get it right for everyone with just one thing. Like, it, like that's... But I did there's love, too much variation. Yeah, I did love your solution, though, which was you had both options. Yeah, so like, I was just like, yeah, here you go. <laughs> yeah, awesome. Yeah, no wonder you could do it so quickly. You'd already done it before. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so I, overall, our, it was really cool. It was fun to watch people playing, even people who are having a hard time because the game is just hard. It, and also for people who are experiencing barriers more related to accessibility, um, everyone seemed to be having a good time and just genuinely enjoying the game, which wasn't mm-hmm. the point, but that was fun. Sure. <laughs> and that we were meeting our goal of carving out more space for people who don't fit an outdated idea of mainstream image of what um, who plays games and who should be highlighted by developers. So that was a win-win. And then we moved on to reporting out our findings. We got spreadsheet we got oh, man yeah. cherry you gave us a heck of a spreadsheet oh, yeah. <laughs> i know i i don't want i hate spreadsheets but like they're such a big part of my job it was such a good, I've it's used like it. people are like you must really love spreadsheets i'm like they're just really good for communicating this information like it's really hard to get all these different things across yeah. in a way that people can pass because you need to be able to kind of take a little bit at a time you can't just like be given a a thick document of here's all the problems like that's mm-hmm. just such a like no one likes to learn that way I don't think so mm-hmm. yeah spreadsheets yeah man <laughs> I've definitely referenced the information you had on like the second tab too when I've been explaining the updates that Charles implemented going back and being like and this is for cognitive accessibility and let me read the right way to say how this is helpful and why so it's a good spreadsheet but Cherry both Cherry and Nicholas watched cherry was watching the videos mostly as they happen nicholas was watching the vods after the fact um both independently kind of pulled together what they were seeing for barriers people were facing and recommendations on how um we might address them and then we pulled everything together gave it a look it was a list i remember your email cherry it was like okay so i found 32 things or whatever it was and then you were like but that's that's not that many so so it's okay <laughs> yeah um there's a triple a game i worked on recently that had i i reported 220 items sure <laughs> yeah, okay so, 32 um, charles 32 yeah. <laughs> 30 something anyway um and you'd helpfully already ranked them for what would have the highest impact and what might be quickest to um, implement and knowing Charles who is a helper and a good person and likes to address problems in his game um, we didn't show Charles the entire list oh yeah yeah which (laughs) (laughs) to this day I'm like I could just leak it to him now but still because I know he wants it yeah (laughs) and it was so tough too because I during that time, we were like knee deep in 
something else. Um, and I cannot for the life of me remember what it was, but it was trying to like pass. I'm pretty sure it was cert. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's almost always cert. Like yeah. everyone when yeah, it comes to it's, accessibility, it's like, yeah. okay, we need to get through cert, but oh crap, there's all this stuff that we really are passionate about. Yeah, and, exactly. Yeah. And um, there was just, there were a couple of things that we were just having a really hard time with at the moment. And there was a negotiation that really had to happen between like, how does this fit into the production uh, schedule? And how do we address all of these things? Um, or at least are there ways in which we can start ranking some of them? And what what can we do quickly? Um, what can we adopt quickly? Yeah. And still complete our current task at hand. Um, yeah. And if not, then are there ways that we can um, put it into the production schedule without compromising where we're currently at? Yeah. I know you had very strong feelings about this, yeah. Charles. <laughs> uh, I remember uh, because Nick was like, do you want to see the list? I was like, if you show me the list, I'm going to do them. Yeah, and I remember exactly just both of us looking at each other and being like, maybe we shouldn't show Charles the list. And we said it to you. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> we were like, how do you feel about that? Is that okay? I'm like, if, yeah, if you, sh- if you show me the list, I'm going to be like, all right, I'm going to try and figure out how to do all these things. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, that, that was probably the better move because we needed to pass cert. But, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was, uh, um, yeah, the second that I saw the, uh, the like the piecemeal of hey these yeah. are these are part we, we of the list. We can do like a third of it. Yeah, yeah, a third of the list, and I was like, okay, well, that's it. I'm doing all of these things. Yeah, it was like oh the next God. day. Charles was like, anyway, so I did all of it. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, in the same time that we weren't showing Charles the list, I was presenting at A11 YTO, and like got to the end of the presentation where inevitably someone would be like, and this is what we found, and I had to be like, I can't tell you because <laughs> Charles doesn't know yet, and I. I'm not going to like share a secret with this <laughs> before uh, I even knew. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I think we also had a really important conversation about managing player expectations as well, right? Because as soon as that stuff is public, then you yeah. have a bunch of community expectations on you mm. and it, it can sometimes from a development perspective, be difficult to deliver on that. And, um, it's not always easy for players to understand why or how, even though like glitches community is so compassionate, um, there's always going to be someone that's a little bit disappointed or feels left out or like mm-hmm. their needs aren't as important as others. When really the actual reality is, it's not that their needs aren't as important. It's that we're trying to balance development priorities. Absolutely. Um, right. Yeah. And even after we narrowed it down, we wanted to meet with you, Terry, because you, we had some ideas about how to implement different things, but other stuff was just question marks. And we knew that it was high impact, but we didn't know how to approach it. So mm-hmm. we got all those ducks in a row before changing what had been the sign up page for hyperdot a11y into a page with like a letter from charles um and a change log of all the accessibility updates in progress and charles had already had made them so quickly that when i finally got around to publishing the page they were like all checked off already it was was like uh, like, there's a couple i'm I'm sorry yeah thanks (laughs) don't be sorry (laughs) charles don't be such an overachiever Uh, i know right why should i why why do i do this try hard Every single time we talk about this campaign, I think so much about like how much of an impact it's had on our industry. And I didn't like I I didn't know, like I didn't know going in. Um, And what was wild was 
um, I think just a couple of weeks ago. Holly, you had told me a little bit about what was going on with um, some of the research that EA had published. Yeah, the, it kind of trickled in, in in pieces. So first was A11YTO, which um, the TO being for Toronto and A11Y, which I don't think we've said is the numeronym for accessibility, so shorthand. I was like in the second row texting Charles and the team, just posting in Slack, like every presentation is mentioning HyperDot. And like, I'm here to talk about HyperDot. And that's very weird. Um, no, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Why are talking about HyperDot? <laughs> it's not us. Yeah. What? <laughs> I know. Like Bryce was showing like, video of the campaign and I was like how did he get this <laughs> I don't have this yeah and Bryce is the um, director over at the inclusive game lab right yeah um, at the, Xbox yeah leading folks behind the Xbox adaptive controller um, and then it was it was through chatting with um, folks in this community that Ian Hamilton just kind of casually dropped like you know that EA kind of replicated part of this research right and I was like ah. <laughs> what? surely you yeah. were mistaken <laughs> um, and yeah he pointed to a tweet that I had seen and I just I hadn't understood in context and then I circled back with um, James Berg who is the who is EA's uh, senior user experience researcher um, who said that he had had something kind of in the works with the help of unnamed accessibility specialists, like to work with content creators on accessibility research, but it was the public part of HyperDot, the like marketing public facing campaign part that made them decide to take their research for Jedi Fallen Order um, public and do the the HyperDot thing. So yeah, from the, the smallest A to the biggest AAA, what ripple effect? That doesn't make sense. No, you're not supposed to say. Hyperdot, and then also say Jedi Fallen Order in the same <laughs> sentence without it being me just saying, yes, Jedi Fallen Order, Hyperdot. Like something like that. But no. So the other day, I was yes. playing Jedi, Jedi Fallen, Fallen Order. Order. And then I was and working, I was on, working Hyperdot. on Hyperdot. Yeah, that is Droid the only... minigame when. That's what I mean. <laughs> like, when is it getting put into James Jedi Fallen Order? I know, right? <laughs> yeah, and then even when I reached out, I expected it to be kind of like, like, oh, no, you're misunderstanding. <laughs> it's a lot. It's like three jumps farther. It's like when we've like gotten a Google alert for HyperDot and been like, why Why is HyperDot in this like Call of Duty article? And then we're like, oh, because it was a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> but no, he provided a quote for a forthcoming piece in Xbox Wire, um, which was really nice and was like being very noticed by Senpai. Yeah, just like, what? No, <laughs> that doesn't. No, no. 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 <laughs> uh, there's also a lot of folks who, um, in terms of like players, tell me a little bit about what's been going on with the player side of things. Oh, yeah. A lot of players um, really appreciate it, ex or particularly really appreciate the, the fact that we had that campaign um, and like reaching out to be uh, to like that community and being like, yeah, we're told we're looking to get your feedback and we're actually going to and then uh, turning around and then putting up that page and saying like, yeah, we're actually implementing your feedback. Um, and that has been something that a lot of people uh, have uh, like reached out and said, oh, this is amazing. I forget who it was. I think it was Ian who was like, this is like the my favorite page. Of the year, so yeah, far. of the internet, of the internet. Oh. <laughs> yeah, my like personal battle was like it was so hard to format. Thank you, <laughs> <laughs> and then make it screen reader compatible. Right, like, that was my battle. Uh, I see. 
Indeed. <laughs> yeah. And when the interview or the reviews started rolling in from Can I Play That and um, Aaron Holly, who goes by uh, Geeky Gimp, posted this great video about Hyperdot getting accessibility right. I was just kind of like a weird, weepy mess because it, yeah, it felt like just, I mean, a really cool thing that we're doing for our jobs, but um, a, a drop in the bucket of all this work that advocates and players and experts have been doing for decades and decades that we're like, oh, yeah, here's our little piece of it. And then, yeah, to see the way people were reacting to it was really wild. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, yeah, the- from my my perspective i've seen so many of these players just like asking for this for years like mm-hmm. they'll join early access they'll join betas they'll do everything like for free on their own time because they just desperately want to be included in all this and prove themselves yeah. and like we all know with content creation if you're marginalized in any way it can be really hard to get like create follow uh, like a following and mm-hmm. and get the kind of notoriety and exposure that you need to be considered an influencer and included in these kind of programs and so like I've just seen so much of the community crying out for that for like four or five years now Um, and so I think this is them finally feeling heard and seen which is I think just so much more powerful than people give credit to in a way it's so wild um, just to kind of be I feel like I'm I'm connected but I also like all of these things were happening just in front of me and like due to of course like Charles's design and then also like Cherry and Holly all of your hard work in making all of this happen it just feels so wild how much it's impacted um this particular community and um I don't even know what to say other than like Thank you for being a part of this. Thank you for making your game, Charles. <laughs> um, I don't know. Like, thank you so much for spending time with us, Cherry, and being like involved with the work that we've been doing. Oh my gosh, you're all so warm. I just like instantly felt like I'd found a new family. I was just like, oh no, am I getting so attached oh, no. too fast? Is this weird? <laughs> oh no, I don't have room for new friends. <laughs> Um, no, I was more like, am I an imposter? Like, have I just no. inserted myself in this group of people? How no. did this even happen? No, you were invited and you're loved. Stop. Yeah. yeah, I can't even explain. Like, I'm like, I have to go to call Cherry and then like skip across the office. I'm like, I have the best meeting this afternoon. It's Cherry time. So, can't confirm. Yes. Have seen you do that. Yep. Oh, and so for our listeners. I'm going to cry now. <laughs> and so for our listeners, does anyone have um, anything else that they'd like to say as we wrap up? Uh, I want to say that um, in particular with uh, players and uh, what this like campaign has done for me personally is that like I've been shown a community that I haven't typically been shown um, and it was or it has been like enlightening and like inspiring to see uh, the lengths at which um, people will go in order to like engage with the thing that they love playing mm-hmm. Um so just like uh, just that spirit and and whatnot is something that I want to like cherish and hold uh, onto and like not not take that for granted and be like oh okay yeah these, these are there are people who are passionate about this who are uh, maybe not even uh, uh, in some cases being actively uh, uh, I guess left out in in a sense but like uh, they want to engage they want to play games they want to do uh, like engage with all these things um and it was it's a it's that kind of spirit that i'm like oh yes i want to make sure that uh, i'm not forgetting you i'm not saying like oh yeah uh 
oh yeah, that's a thing that I have to do or, or something like that. No, mm-hmm. I want to be able to uh, provide um, uh, a warm environment, I guess, um, <laughs> to be able to play. Yeah. Okay, so we knew that Hyperdot was inherently pretty accessible, but knew it wasn't perfect, which is what made this research happen. And I know that kind of, especially in an era of, of like broadly like call out culture and stuff, it's afraid to be like open and vulnerable and be like, hey, we need people to look at this and we need help making it better. But I could not like just par- get partnered with an accessibility specialist who knows their stuff. And I can't like you couldn't you couldn't ask for a better community to um, to work with to play test your game. So do it and you'll be surprised at how easy some of these little tweaks are to implement that can make big change in how people experience your game. Yeah, I think that's pretty much what I would like to say is, well, there's two really quick things is at the end, I think of every single person's stream, they were like, to anyone out there, to any other devs, we really want to do this more, like, please do this again. And that is like a really like important call to hear and not forget, like once the momentum's over and for everyone to kind of keep this in mind as their projects move forward, like no matter how big or small you are, like Charles is one developer and this happened. Um, And then the other thing is like, I think the way Charles, you talk about um, how you never set out with the intention of doing this. um, I think that is something that is, is one of these points that, um, myself and Bryce, who is a really good friend of mine, sometimes disagree on. <laughs> but um, I come from it for, from a very specific perspective is that I think happy accidents count. Um, Bryce doesn't necessarily. But the reason Bryce doesn't is because sometimes happy accidents happen and then everyone kind of pats themselves on the back and like, okay, good, we did, we did it. And then like moves on and then forgets and doesn't necessarily keep that intention going forward. Um, and I think like a really important thing to remember is happy accidents absolutely count, especially if you realize that and you work and are deliberate and kind of keep that teaching in mind. And, and cause it is just like, it's like any game development or any game design teaching is you've always got these little bits and pieces of knowledge going on. And this is just another tool in your box. And um, I, I think happy accidents count for that reason when you're deliberate about it. Well, thank you so much for joining us for this call, Cherry, and also for Holly <laughs> joining us in this yeah. episode. That's a wrap for the episode. So you can continue the conversation with us and the Hello Player community at discord.gg slash glitch. And don't forget to subscribe to Hello Player on your favorite podcast app. Hello Player is produced by me, Ava Carr, Holly Harrison, Ben Hansen of MinMax, with music done by none other than Charles McGregor. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time.